Hey, hey, welcome to The Daily Run. I am so glad that you're here. I hope that you are as blessed by this as I am. That might seem kind of strange and maybe a little arrogant, but here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I started this whole daily study uh, to challenge myself to, to get my, to get me to make sure that I was not just zooming through the Bible, but to take the time to consider it. And um, because here's the thing that happens when you read the Bible, if you're like me, you probably, you read things and there's sometimes you get the parts and you're like, you just kind of zoom over it. You just kind of go, you kind of think, well, I know what, I know what's being said here. And you just kind of go right on. Sometimes you get to parts and you're like, well, I'm not quite sure what that means, but I'm just going to keep going and maybe it'll make sense. And sometimes it does. But when you teach the Bible verse by verse, and my goal is not to skip stuff. Now, obviously I've skipped tons of stuff, but my goal is not to just skip like a verse and go like, well, I don't know what that means. I'm just going to skip it. Um, but to, to say like, I'm, I'm going to challenge myself to, to really consider what's going on here, to dig a little deeper in my study and, um, find out the answers. And, uh, and so of course, here's the thing about being a Bible teacher. Not, not everybody should desire to be a teacher. The Bible says that not everyone should desire to teach because teachers are held to a higher standard. Now, does that mean God's holding them to a higher standard or does that mean people, people are holding them to a higher standard? Um, when you're teaching it, do people look at you and hold you to a higher standard? Absolutely. Does God hold teachers to a higher standard? I think so. So I'm going to go with both. I think that's a fair answer. So anyway, here's the thing. When you teach, you, you get way more out of it than you get to share. And, uh, that's just part of the fun of it. You know, there's during when I, when I used to pastor and preach every Sunday, I would often preach for 45, 50 minutes, sometimes longer. And I, I, for those of you that listened, um, I'm sorry if you were tired and you had to sit there. Now that I often sit in church and I listen, um, I'm like, man, I, I talk for a long time. And I probably thought I was pretty engaging and pretty, you know, people want to listen to me. I don't I don't think that was the case. Um, but the, the point of it is that, uh, that I always had way more than I could actually share. And I still shared a lot. I still shared a lot. And probably more than people could, could handle at the time. So... Anyway, I hope that the seven of you that are my faithful, uh, my faithful listeners and for the uh, other six that are part-time listeners, hey, I'm glad you're here and I hope you're being blessed by this. So I just wasted like a third of today's time. Well, no, it wasn't wasted. I was saying thank you. So anyway, I hope you're blessed by it. <laughs> and uh, let's go. Let's hit, hit up Romans 12, verse 1. Um, we've done parts of this, but let's work. We're going to overlap because it all fits together. And so Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, I, you know, I'm begging you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Some Bibles at the end here say something different. They don't say your reasonable service. They say like your spiritual act of worship. Um, and... That, you know, it's kind of an interesting way of putting it, but uh, we'll get there in a second because I like I like how the King James version puts this, and, and it might just be because I've read it that way the most times. But I like that phrase, which is your reasonable 
service. But we'll get to that. I'm going to try to finish this first today, but maybe we won't. Who's, who knows? And who cares? Let's go. Um, so he says in the first half, like we talked about the last couple times, that he's begging them in light of everything that he's written to them about what God has done and how we've been set free in Christ, etc. This is what you should do. He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. So present yourself a living sacrifice. Now, you're, the, you know, the idea of a living sacrifice is you're laying down your life. Jesus laid down his life for us. And so we ought to lay down our lives for him. He says, lay down, you know, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. And holy is kind of one of those interesting words that I think sometimes we, we can get a kind of a weird view of it. But the, the idea of being set apart set apart. I met a guy years ago that was talking about how, uh, according to him in his study, he said in ancient Israel, the musicians only played their instruments for God. They didn't play love songs for other people and they didn't play funny sing-along songs at campfires. They only played them for God. And I don't know the accuracy of that, but that, that the idea is they said, these things are holy. These instruments are holy. They are set apart only for the worship of God. And that's the idea that he's saying here is he's, you're offering yourself as a living sacrifice. You're laying down your life. A sacrifice doesn't argue, you know, in the old Testament, they would offer sacrifice. They'd bring a lamb or a goat or a dove and somebody's calling me and I just hung up on them. So, Hey, that's what happens when you record live and I don't edit. So um, they would take this animal and they would lay their hand upon its head. And it was, it was recognizing that this animal was taking my place. It was substitutionary sacrifice. And that, that the living sacrifice is I'm still alive. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not physically dying, but I'm laying down my will. I'm laying down my plans, my hopes, my dreams, um, my desires. I'm laying, this, I'm laying down my life and I'm saying I'm presenting this to you, Jesus. I'm a living sacrifice. Um, sacrifices don't complain. We're a sacrifice. That's, and so it's one of those challenges for me. How often do I complain about my life? Well, my life belongs to Jesus. Uh, he orders my steps. And so what do I have to complain about? The things that I might not like, maybe the very things he's using to make me more like him, to refine me and to grow me or to use me to, for the furtherance of his kingdom. Um, the suffering I go through may be something that someone else is watching and there is impacting them to, for their decision to follow the Lord and to come to a saving knowledge of him, whatever. Um, so why complain? Um, so holy, right? Acceptable to God. I love that acceptable to God because so often it's easy to, to do things by our own standards rather than saying, wait a minute, I'm, is this acceptable to God? You know, so many, so many times people will ask, like, is this a sin? Is it a sin to do this? You know, when I was a youth pastor, occasionally I would get those questions like, is it a sin to, you know, get a tattoo? Is it a sin to get your elbow pierced? You know, is it a, is it a sin to make out with your boyfriend? You know, is it a sin to, you know, and what I used to tell them all the time is you're asking the wrong question. What you're asking me is, 
how close to the devil can I get and be okay? The very, the very fact that you're asking, is it a sin to do this? Means you already have some trepidation. There's already something within you saying like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. Now, sometimes that trepidation comes from old taboos that have been put upon you as your childhood, whatever. But the question, the, the, again, the, the wrong question is, you know, is this a sin? Is it not a sin? That's the wrong question. The question we ought to be asking is this, is this acceptable to God? Is it pleasing to him? Is this the kind of thing that I believe he wants me to do? And, and so when we're laying down our life as a living sacrifice, setting it aside, right? Setting my, my life aside for him, you know, and that's a challenge all the time because we're always being challenged to live it for ourselves. I know I am, but that's the question. The question asked when you come upon those situations is to say, is, is this pleasing to God? Is this acceptable for God? Before I drink this, before I smoke that, before I go here, before I do that, before I watch this, before I read that, before I look at this, before I say that, is it acceptable to God? Is it pleasing to him? I think that's a good question to ask. And then Paul says this last line, right? He says, present yourself, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, again, some Bibles translate this, which is your spiritual act of worship, which I don't think is not, I don't think it's an untrue statement, but I love this. It's your reasonable service. It's the reasonable response. In light of the mercies of God, in light of what Jesus did for you, in light of the great salvation that you received, in light of chapters 1, 2, and 3, your sin and what you are due, in light of the the price that was paid to set you free and what you've been set free from, it's only reasonable. It only makes sense that you do this. It's the reasonable thing. The spiritual act of worship well, yeah, it's reasonable, right? It's reasonable to give your life to the one who saved you, to the one who says, I want what's best for you. I have a plan for you. It's reasonable to say, I'm going to listen to that guy. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to follow him because he has what's best in mind for me. He wants what's best for me more than I want what's best for me. It only makes sense. So if you haven't made that decision today, if you haven't made that decision in your life, well, if you understand who God is and who who Jesus is and what he did for you, according to the first 11 chapters that we read, look back at that and say, well, in light of that, what's the reasonable thing to do? What's the reasonable thing to do? Well, Paul says, I'm begging you. I'm begging you do this. It's only reasonable. It's only reasonable. Next time we'll hit verse two. God bless you. Hope that blesses you today.